Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm here with Professor Mike Slade from the University of Nottingham, who has just spoken here at the conference um, on hope and recovery in mental health. Hi Mike. Hi there, Andre. Did you enjoy the talk? I did. I particularly enjoyed the questions afterwards, so people were asking about the role of psychological therapies, and I, I kind of thought people were really processing what this, these transformative ideas of recovery mean for their practice, which is fantastic. Yeah, it seemed to go down really well in the room and, and really complimented Kerry McLeod's talk on her own personal experience of eating disorders and, and recovery as well. Yeah, I mean, often when I do talks, if, if where I have the capacity, I'll ask if the lived experience speaker can go before me, because I thought Kerry just really brought to life some of the things I was talking about, the importance of identity and transitioning from being an anorexic to being Kerry and what that means for anorexia as a part of her identity and is it still dormant all those challenges really resonated for me in terms of the identity bit and similarly the the experience of being in hospital which for her she said was very unpleasant and it resonates again with the experience of many people I've spoken to who talk about the challenge of being disconnected in terms of crisis when actually they need more connection not less. So mental health recovery is a concept that's been around for a long long time Um, and it's a it's a kind of word that gets lots of positive and negative responses online can you can you give us your kind of definition of what recovery is in mental health yes yes i mean it's changed i think it used to be a kind of getting better probably through treatment sort of implications now widely accepted internationally is it does not mean that it does not mean being symptom free it means living as well as possible and in some ways that shift is quite transformative because it moves the job of the clinician for example away from doing treatment to the person in their best interest and towards supporting them to get on with their life and for some people getting on with their life doesn't involve anything to do with the mental health system so sometimes it's about not being involved or offering treatment to to individuals which is particularly challenging because certainly we're at an eating disorders conference today many of the issues that come up in eating disorders are really difficult really anxiety provoking for all concerned and the idea of stepping back from that instead of trying harder is very challenging I guess one of the problems is measurement and the way that a lot of eating disorders research internationally over the last few decades has measured recovery is via body mass index, which obviously isn't a terribly um, holistic way of approaching yeah. this. Yeah, well, it reflects, it reflects the core value about what the service is for, doesn't it? And um, in, in my area of work in psychosis, it's exactly the same parallel of measuring success in terms of symptom reduction. And the challenge is, for some people, that's very helpful. But for some people, that just creates a toxic cycle of disengagement and assertive re-engagement with individuals, often involving inpatient care, when so much life energy is expended in a way that ultimately seems not to be helping the person. So relying on a metric that is observable and judgeable by a clinician, although it's grown, it's developed for a reason as an approach, just isn't the right metric. What we should be relying on is the individual and their experience of living and how much they're getting on with living as, as well as possible, having a life of their choosing in a community that's inclusive to them. Those are the kind of metrics that we should be focused on much more. So tell us how you've done that academically, because you've published the, the Refocus trial, the Refocus Pulsar trial. How can you do this kind of academic research reliably without having those kind of clinical measurements? 
Well, for research, you, you, you will often want to include a range of measurements, but there, there are broadly two classes of, of measure that are, are now available in standardised form, so getting reliable data. Traditional clinical measures, so things like symptoms or disability, but also a whole set of recovery outcomes around how much the person experiences hope, a positive identity, how much life makes sense for them, how much they have an experience of agency and empowerment. And a combination of those two sets of measures seems a much smarter way to evaluate the impact of any intervention than just relying on symptom reduction. So, so that's what we did in, in the refocus trial that you, you talked about. And our primary outcome, the main thing that we were hoping would change, was personal recovery. And it's um, the first study internationally that has had personal recovery as, a, as the primary outcome. So we were very excited about the findings there. And you're now taking this forward with the NEON study, looking at kind of personal recovery stories. Tell us about that. Yeah, so, so NEON is, is an interesting study. The National Institute for Health Research funded it, and, and I'm so pleased they funded it because it, I think it's a bit of a step into the unknown for them. So what we're doing in NEON is essentially um, trying to create the world's largest collection of recovery stories online or in other way recorded recovery narratives and using that as a resource to support the recovery journey of other people who are currently using mental health services or living with mental health conditions so the way we're doing that is we're using artificial intelligence approaches to match individual people to a story that we think might be transformative because we know from asking people about their recovery journey many many people say it was meeting someone or it was hearing someone's story or it was it was something about narratives that changed their life so we know this transformative potential and for the first time we hope to have an intervention that can harness that so essentially it's going to be a bit like a um a dating app that individuals are matched to a potential um, date and the goal is to generate love what we're trying to do is match an individual service user to a, a particular narrative and the goal is to generate hopefulness and transformation in their lives so we're very excited about this study so you come here as a kind of expert in recovery an expert in uh, severe mental illness a lot of your work has been in psychosis how do you think that kind of um, jars or kind of ties in with the eating disorders community have you got a sense of what they can learn from you and what you can learn from them. Sure. Well, I, th- I think probably the two most visible changes in the mental health system in terms of recovery are the introduction of peer support workers, so that's people with their own experience of mental ill health and recovery who then work in the service as employees and are visible credible role models of recovery for other service users and also recovery colleges which now exist in 22 countries around around the world so both of those peer support workers and recovery colleges i suspect are waiting to be discovered in eating disorders they exist in 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 earlier form but i think neither are as well developed as in the the wider mental health system in terms of eating disorders expertise i think that's a fantastic conversation to have and i I look forward to being at the conference and learning about the initiatives going on here and trying to understand what the implications are for for the wider mental health system and for our understanding of recovery so is that about working with a particular patient group i mean the challenges of working with people with eating disorders are really quite extreme. Um, you know, the, the kind of high mortality of this condition. Um, do you think there's something that that would particularly relate back to other mental health services? Yeah, I think there is. So, for example, 
in the NEON study we were talking about, where we're trying to uh, develop a, a database of recovery narratives, one of the things we've been doing is a systematic review, so looking at all the available literature, about the impact of recovery narratives on other people. Now, we've been surprised to find there isn't a great evidence base, but insofar as there's a, a few academic papers, most of them deal specifically with the impact in an eating disorders context. And what they highlight very clearly is that there are potential harms from recovery narratives about eating disorders where people for example um, try to be competitive and eat fewer calories per day than the, the narrator was eating at their worst so this this kind of copycat behavior is is a potential insight that has much wider relevance i think so in our neon study we're particularly attending to questions about potential harms from narratives and all of that is informed by eating disorders research and I tweeted the Refocus and Recovery website while you were talking. There's also a conference coming up towards the end of the year. Do you want to tell people about that? Oh, that's very kind. Thank you. So That's right. So September 3rd to the 5th in, in Nottingham in 2019, we're, we're hosting Refocus on Recovery 2019. And this, in a way, is now established as the world's leading recovery research conference, bringing together a whole host of stakeholders from different perspectives, including lived experience, family members, workers in the system, managers, administrators, policymakers, researchers, researchers, really trying to develop a community of practice around what recovery means in reality, not in a nice theory or textbook or academic paper, but what we can learn from recovery research and apply in reality to support and and help people to move forward in their lives. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me, Mike. Thanks, Andre. Mm -hmm.